This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. So the idea of this series and this card is that as we deal with life, all of the situations of life, there's a lot of different things that we can do, as I'm going to describe here in a second. But instead of doing all of those things, we should be praying. We have this wonderful privilege to talk to God. The scripture tells us that his ears are open to the prayers of the righteous. And we might think sometimes it might be really great to talk to a famous person or know a famous person. But when we pray, we have an opportunity 24-7 to talk to the creator of the heavens and the earth, our savior. We have an opportunity to talk to the God of the universe when we pray. And so the idea is, instead of doing all of those things that we should be praying and then reminding ourselves to what we should be praying for. So the idea of this card is as we are talking about, as we've already had a couple weeks and as we continue on the next two weeks talking about prayer, uh, things that come up in your heart and mind about that, oh, I should be praying about this instead of worrying or I should be praying about this instead of doing this other thing. Uh, write it down on your card and then take this card home with you today. Don't leave it at church. And then wherever your place of prayer is, either beside your bed or somewhere else, uh, you can take this card out to remind you of the things that you should be praying for. So once again, you know, there's, we deal with just normal stress of life, just normal busyness of life. There is a lot of options for us um, how to deal with those things of life. A lot of times we just need to eat. Or we think we need to eat. So we go to the grocery store, we go, go down our favorite junk food aisle, whether it's ice cream or cookies or chips or whatever it might be, and we grab it off the aisle and we think, if I could just eat for two hours straight, it'll help me get through this situation. Has anyone ever done that? One, we've got two honest people in the room today. We've all done that at some point, you know, uh, and then a lot of times what we can do nowadays, we can just go on our phone. We can just go on our phone for hours and hours as opposed to dealing with what's going on on the inside of us. We can just spend and, and scroll through thousands of pictures and go on a bunch of Facebook videos or whatever the case may be and just sort of tune everything else out. But instead of doing that, we should be praying. We can worry. A lot of times we can just sit around and worry and think, I don't have a solution. I don't have a solution. I don't have a solution. And just be afraid about what's going to happen to us. We can complain. It's just something super easy to do. When we get frustrated with a situation, we can just, you know, complain. And if no one's there, we can go online and complain. We can despair. Just look at life and think that it's hopeless. And then the last thing that we could do that's probably the worst thing is just to give up. Sort of close the shades, sit in the dark, and just think, you know, there's no point in even trying anymore because this is just so bad. I don't see a way out. I can't see how to deal with this situation. I don't have an answer. But instead of doing all of those things, we should pray. We should have this wonderful fellowship with God that we can spend time talking to God, not just uh, coming to God just with our needs or what exactly we might want at that moment, that we can actually have this wonderful privilege to talk to God. So instead of doing all of those things, uh, we should pray. Now, as we've been saying, you know, it's not necessarily, uh, we're not trying to uh, gain brownie points with God as prayer time. You know, I prayed one hour God today, you should be impressed. Um, It's not so much counting up the time, but that we can have this effective praying. We want to be effective prayers. So the time that we spend with God is profitable. So if you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 
1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 says this, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Ephesians 6, 18 says, Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Colossians 4, 2 says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So Thessalonians said, pray without ceasing. Ephesians said, pray at all times. And then Colossians said, continue steadfastly in prayer. So that we should always maintain this attitude of prayer. Now, does this mean that I'm praying 24-7? I can't do anything else because I'm praying. I can't go to work because I'm praying. And I can't go to school because I'm praying. And I can't be a good spouse because I'm praying. No, this idea is that we would maintain this communication. The vitality of our relationship with God is prayer. We are righteous. We have this option to pray. We have this ability to pray. It doesn't take any special ability. It doesn't take any special gifting to pray. It is available to all of us. That we would always think, I can pray about this situation. And it's not so much the time as it is, I'm always available to pray. As we said, one minister said, you know, I never pray more than 15 minutes, but I never go more than 15 minutes without praying. So it is always something that I can talk to God about the situation I'm facing. I can talk to God about an answer that I need. I can talk to God about a person. And it is something that we should enjoy. And if we don't enjoy praying, we're not doing it right. You know, we don't think about our loved ones, the, our, our family and our friends that we really love and care about. It's like, oh, I got to talk to them again today. No, we're excited to talk to the people that we love. Same way with God. We should be excited to talk to God. And so it just takes a little bit of an adjustment sometimes um, in our heart and in our mind with our attitude that we can actually enjoy the time we spend praying to God. So, so far in this series, we, uh, week one, we talked about that all prayer starts with God. All effective praying starts with the will of God, understanding the character and nature of God, and then aligning ourselves with his will, not just starting with our needs, but starting with the will of God. First John Um, 5 tells us that when we pray anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know he hears us. We know we have the petitions we desire of him. So praying, good praying, starts with knowing the will of God. And Jesus taught us, you know, to start out praying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So starting out with this recognition of who God is and worshiping him, spending the first part of our prayer time just recognizing God, worshiping God, not just starting out, uh, with our need list. And then last week we talked about wisdom, praying for wisdom. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, there's, some, there's a prayer there listed. The Apostle Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. And a big part of what he prayed for them is that they would have wisdom. And this is something all of us need for each aspect of life that we need God's wisdom. We need God's heart and mind and all of the situations of life. And today we're going to continue talking about prayer, but we're going to talk about praying for others. Last week, we talked about praying for wisdom for ourselves from Ephesians 1. That same prayer that we discussed last week is also a great prayer to pray for other people. Because other people need prayer, don't they? Don't people need prayer? Have you watched the news lately? If you could just spend five to ten minutes watching the news, and at the end of those five to ten minutes, you you know that the world is a messed up place. And, and what exactly is wrong with people? You ever ask yourself this question? You know, you watch a news story and then some crazy story on the TV. Some person did this and blah, 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 this. And if your spouse is there, and even if no one is else is there, you start talking to the TV. 
What is wrong with you people? And what is wrong with the people of the world is that they're just like you and they're just like me. That we all have these terrible deficiencies as it relates to our flesh. We don't do right stuff all of the time. We don't say the right thing all of the time. We get ourselves in situations. We make mistakes. We mess up. And what is very important for us to do when we, when we have those situations personally, when we get in a mess up, what do we do? We pray and ask. We need God's help. So what should we do for other people? We, something we should be doing for them is that we should be praying for them. It's easy to complain about people. It's easy to despair that certain people are a hopeless case, that they're a lost cause. But instead of doing all of that, we should be praying for people. The people that we know, the people that we don't know, <clears throat> people in our country, people in other countries, that God actually wants us to pray for others. Let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2, and we will read about some things that God wants us to pray for. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, it says, First of all, then, I urge you that supplications, prayers, and intercessions, be, and thanksgiving be made for all people. For kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So Paul was writing to Timothy, and he talked to Timothy about what he should pray for. And then he says the first thing, first thing he mentions is all people. Once again, easy to complain, easy to be frustrated with someone, easy to look at someone and think that they might be a lost cause. But instead of doing those things, we should pray. And let's just pause for a second here. You know, when we, we, we think about who am I praying or for whom am I praying, who is it? You know, sometimes we will go during the day and we'll think about an old friend. You know, instead of just going to their Facebook and checking out their recent posts and what their pictures are and what they've been doing, maybe we should actually be praying for them. Maybe God is bringing those people up to our hearts and our minds so that we can be praying for someone. So as we all have our cards in our hand, here's one of the things that I would suggest you put on this card, is that person, as I'm talking. And then specifically at the end of these verses, Paul is saying that we should pray for people, because what is it God's desire? It's all people... Uh, God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So there should be somebody that we're praying for that we know that this person is far from God. This person doesn't have a relationship with God. But it is God's desire for them to be in a relationship with them. Come to the knowledge of the truth. So once again, aligning ourselves with the will of God. Asking for the things that God said that we can have. This is God's desire. This is something that we can pray for. A person, a friend, a family member that we know that's far from God. God desires for them to come to the knowledge of the truth. God desires for them to know him. Are we praying for them? Are we just mad that they haven't received Jesus yet? We're mad that they don't go to church. We're just mad that they're living a certain type of life. No, instead of being mad, let's align ourselves with what God wants. Here's something that we know. Here's something that's revealed to us. That this is a desire for, for all people to come to the knowledge of the truth. To know. So we should write that down 
on our pray instead card, that person. Let's go back to verse 2, though. So it says, for kings and all who are in high positions. Now, when this was written, the people who were rulers over nations were named kings or they were Caesars. Today, we have prime ministers and we have presidents. Does anyone out here today have any political opinions? Come on now, I got my hands up. I, got, I have political opinions. And this could be one of the things that we, when we are watching TV, sometimes we could watch something that the president and the states is doing or our prime minister is doing and we could either be excited or we could be mad. And we could voice our opinions and if our, you know, if our, our wife is there, we could be like, here's what's wrong with the world or here's what's right with the world. And we all have opinions, partially informed opinions that we love to express privately on social media. But how valuable to the prime minister, except on voting day, how valuable to the prime minister is the opinion that I would have, that I would be expressing to my wife, that I would just give so much energy and emotion that I would say, this is right or this is wrong. How valuable is that to the prime minister or maybe the premier or the mayor? How valuable is it? It's not very valuable. But what could be valuable to our leaders is if we pray for them. Because when we pray for them, we're not just asking for our will. We're actually asking for God's will to be done. We're not just saying, this is what I want. This is what I think the prime minister should do. This is what I think the premier should do. I would be asking and praying for God's will for them praying for those in authority, not just voicing our opinions, not just giving all of our energy and all of our breath just to express anger or joy of whatever decision that they might be making, that I would actually be praying for people. So that what? Praying for leaders. So that we may lead a quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is what we want for our nation. This is what we want for our continent. We can get so worked up and we can get so angry and we can get in fights about politics. But a better way... To use our energy. A better way to express our words would be to God in prayer. Because here's something that we know, and this is something that we trust about prayer, is that we know that God deals with human hearts. How do we know that? Because God dealt with our heart. You know, if, if you grew up uh, in church, any of you out there who grew up in church, you know, uh, like we do here at church, we give an opportunity for people to say yes to Jesus. And there may be a different season in your life. You were maybe at church and you were like far from God. And, you know, the preacher was up there saying, you know, come home and receive Jesus. And you're there and, you know, your heart is pounding and you know God is dealing with you. And you grab the chair in front of you and you, no. And then you go and live your own life during that week. And then the next Sunday rolls around and you're there at church because your parents are making you go to church like all good parents should do. Any good parents in the house? Are there any good parents in the house? Here's what you do when you're a good parent. You bring your kids to church. Sorry, it's not a parenting seminar, but that's what good parents do. Honey, do you want to go to church today? What? What? What does that mean? We, as a family, we are going to church this morning. Well, you know, Pastor Brent, I don't want to enforce my beliefs on them. Yeah, you do. Sure you do. You do this with everything else, don't you? Most likely your kids believe politically what you believe. You have trained them in the way of your politics. Why would you not train them in the way of serving God? 
Anyway, side journey, side thought. So we know that God deals with hearts because God deals with your heart. Can't God deal with the heart of the prime minister? So what should we do? We don't have access. I mean, maybe on Twitter or something, but, we do, I mean, he, but he doesn't care if we tweet him. But God can speak to his heart in the nighttime. Doesn't need anyone else there. God can be dealing with hearts. So that's why we pray. And that's why we ask for God's will to be done in our nation and with our leaders. So who are we praying for? Are we praying for our friends and our family members. We're praying for somebody who is far from God. And once again, we're asking for God's will for their lives. Not just what we think that they should do. Well, here's what I think so-and-so should do, so I'm going to pray that. No, you don't actually know the fullness of God's will for somebody else's life. I'm going to say that again. You don't actually know the fullness of God's will for somebody else. But what you can do is you could pray. God, I pray that they know your will for their lives. See, sometimes people, they get into this thing, they, they think that they know what other people should do, and so they're going to pray that thing. This is what you should do, so I'm going to pray that thing. You know, and this is what something the, the Old Testament would call witchcraft. Witchcraft actually has no power of any kind, but it's trying to force other people to do what you want. We don't want to do that. We want people to do God's will. Are you with me this morning? We want people to do what God thinks they should do. Do you know God is not going to consult with us about his will for someone else's life? What we should be asking for is his will for their life. God, I pray that they follow your path. And then that takes the pressure off you from having to organize the world. If they should do this, and they should do this, and they should do this, and then they don't do it, and then you pray for it, and then you're frustrated and you think God doesn't answer prayer. <clears throat> no, not just asking for what you want, asking what God wants for their lives, aligning ourselves with the will of God. So we want to pray for good people, and then we want to pray for bad people. And we want to pray for our enemies. Jesus told us to pray for our enemies. If someone has hurt us or damaged us, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to pray for those people. So we're supposed to pray for good people, bad people, and everywhere, everyone in between. So that's what we want. We want to pray for people. Now, one of the things that we need as it relates to praying for someone else is that we need perseverance. Because as I mentioned already, you, you didn't respond first, the first time most likely to the voice of God in your life. It might have taken you a year, a couple years, some of us maybe longer. God was dealing with us, calling him to himself. Took us a while for us to say yes. But that whole time, do you know that somebody was praying for you? Somebody was praying for you. That God would be speaking to your life. That God would be uh, speaking his will for your life to your heart. And then the next day happened. And then God dealt with your heart again. And however long it took. See, and this is the way we need to think about prayer. We need to persevere in prayer, not quit. Luke chapter 18, verse 1 says this. And he told them a parable. This is Jesus speaking. To the effect that they ought always to pray 
and not lose heart. Always to pray and not lose heart. Once again, as we look at the world, the world is getting darker and darker. A lot of terrible things going on in the world. And we could look at the world situations and just sort of think it's hopeless. And I, I would just stop praying because of look what's going on. Jesus is telling us that we should always pray and not lose heart regardless of what it looks like. Because if, if something looks bad, something doesn't look like a good situation, something looks like injustice... We should continue to pray, not give up. We want God's will for that situation, so we shouldn't be giving up. So we should always pray and not lose heart. Verse 2, he said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice, so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will I not give justice to his elect, who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So he tells this story about a judge, and this this woman keeps coming to him day and night, keep asking, and she keeps asking, and she keeps asking. And then Jesus says the phrase, um, will God delay long? You, You cry to him day and night. He will give them justice speedily, that God gives justice. That God will work things out. But then the part that that drives us crazy, or the part that bothers us about the story is speedily. It's like it doesn't look like it's happening very fast, Pastor Brent. You know, and and once again, I say we live in a microwave society. Everything is available to us very fast. We can get any information that we need really fast on our phone. And so we look at situations that we think, if I was God, I would have already fixed this. The scripture tells us that with God, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. So the way God measures speedily and the way we measure speedily are two different things. And really, that's not our job. That's not our job in the prayer part. That we're supposed to do the persevering part. We're supposed to do the don't quit part. Keep asking. We keep coming to God and we keep asking. Situations don't look good. Somebody's going through a hard time. Somebody's sick. Somebody this, somebody that. Whatever the situations are, political upheaval, economic situations. It doesn't look just. But what are we supposed to do? We're not supposed to give up. We're supposed to keep praying. We'll leave the timing part of it to God. Our part is the asking part. And then what does the last verse say? Verse 8 says, I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Faith is our part. The trusting is our part. That's what faith means. It means trust. It's a relational term. I am going to trust God about this situation. We'll leave the timing to God. My part is the persevering part, and my part is the faith part. These are the two things that we need when we're praying for other people. We don't quit. We don't give up. We keep coming day and night. We keep asking. We keep talking to God, and then we trust along the way. This works itself out 
in church life, dealing with other people. James chapter 5, verse 13 says this. Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. As I've been saying in this series, whether you're on the mountaintop of success or where you're in the valley of struggle or anywhere in between, we are supposed to be praying to God. Prayer is not a spare tire that we bring out once, oh, here, I've got this really bad thing. I guess I better pray. No, prayer is for all seasons of life. So if we're having, uh, if someone's suffering, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Both of these things are prayer. Both of these things are communication with God. Verse 14, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. What type of prayer? The prayer of faith. The prayer that believes. And what do we believe? We believe that God hears us when we pray. We're not wasting our time when we pray. And the other part is that we're praying in alignment with God's will. Because when we ask according to God's will, we know he hears us. And when we know he hears us, we know that we have the petitions we desire of him. Praying in faith means that I'm not wasting my time when I'm praying. I'm actually praying and God is hearing me when I pray. And the things that I'm asking for are in alignment with his word. So what does it say about praying for someone who's sick? And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. Our part is the asking. The healing part is God's part. Are you here today? So but how are we supposed to pray? We're supposed to be praying in faith. Praying, believing. That's, now the word faith just means persuasion. That I would be persuaded of something. That I would be persuaded of what the will of God is. And so when I know what the will of God is, then I can pray in faith when I ask. Save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Great power as it is working. For those of us who have said yes to a relationship with God, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What does it say about a righteous person's prayer? It has great power as it is working. We need to have faith in those words. We need to have faith in this idea that God is working when we pray. He told us to pray. He asked us to pray. He told us to pray in faith. We got to trust him. We got to persevere. And then just simply we have to trust God. Put our faith in God. We'll leave the timing up to him. Timing, that's God's side. My side, persevere. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep praying day and night. And when, when the Lord comes, what did Jesus say? Is, is, is he going to find faith? In other words, that I am going to trust him. I'm going to trust him. I'm not going to trust my own version of what the world should look like. Because I will be forever frustrated. Because people don't do what you want them to do. Has anyone figured this out? <laughs> they don't. I really wish that they would do that. And they don't do it. <gasps> I quit. I give up. 
No, that's you trying to be in charge of everything. We, we don't qualify for the job of God. Your resume comes up a little bit short. What, what's our thing? Our thing is the trust. We're going to trust God. I'm not going to trust me. I'm not going to trust people. I'm going to put my trust in God. And I know that he deals with human hearts. I know that he does the things that are in alignment with his word. See, but people have a will. God is not contravening somebody's will. God has given us a will. God has given us the ability to choose. God is not going to force people to do things. As we already said, God dealt with my heart at different times in my life when I wasn't serving him, and I said no, just like you said no at various times. So when we look out at the world and we see all of these problems, is the problem the will of God? No, the problem is the will of man. It is the will of man saying no to God. This is why we continue to pray day and night. Because God will do justice. God will deal with the hearts of man. God will deal with leaders. God will deal with people that are far from himself. We just got to keep praying. And we just got to keep trusting. Let's skip down to Matthew 21, guys. Matthew 21. Let's see something Jesus said here about prayer. It says, in the morning, verse 18, he was returning to the city. He became hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on it but only leaves. And he said, may no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree withered at once. When the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how did the fig tree wither at once? And Jesus answered them, truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. Verse 22, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Great statement that Jesus just said there. Talking about trust versus doubt. And the illustration he gives, uses the fig tree as an illustration. How did this happen, Jesus? He said, not only the fig tree, but if you would say to this mountain, as an analogy, as something that's blocking your way, as a difficulty, you could say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And then he said about prayer, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Our part is the faith part. Our part is the trust in God. Now let's, let's be biblically literate here in a second. When it says whatever you ask in prayer, now the whatever we would ask in prayer would be in alignment with God's word. We already, knew that. We already know that. It's not just any old crazy thing. You know, I could say today, I just believe that I'm going to be the starting center for the Raptors this fall. I believe it. Will you agree with me in prayer? Now, I could believe all I want, and I could pray all day that I would be the starting center of the Raptors. Because God said, whatever I could pray for, I could have if I would just believe. No, it's in alignment with God's will for your life. Now, if some of you actually think that I could be the center for the Raptors, thank you. But 
it isn't actually God's will for my life. So why would I pray that? I just believe that I'm going to be an astronaut tomorrow. No, God's not going to answer that prayer because it's not in alignment with his word. So the whatever we would be asking is whatever is in alignment with the will and word of God. And then what does it say? That we would receive it. See, when we pray, we should see ourselves receiving what God gives. We talked about wisdom last week. Pray and ask for wisdom. The scripture says that God gives wisdom. So what should we see ourselves? We should see ourselves receiving that wisdom by faith. In other words, we trust that God gives wisdom. I have faith in that. So what is it going to do? It's going to change my countenance. It's going to change my faith. My faith. It's going to change my outlook on life. That I believe that God is giving me what I pray and ask for. That God is acting as I pray and ask in alignment with his word. I know it's going to look bad and it's going to look difficult for a while. And we can stare at the TV screen and be sad and cry. But after we turn off the news and we pray and we ask God to help the crazy people that we just saw on television, we shouldn't be sad. We shouldn't be frustrated. We shouldn't be ready to give up. We should be relying on our faith. That will put a smile on our face because our trust is in God. In His power, in His word, and the things that He can do. A couple more verses and then we're done. Hebrews 10, verse 22 says this, Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. See, one of the things that we should be asking for is when we see the promises of God in the scripture, we should be asking for the things that God promises us. But we're not just excited about the promises. We should be excited about a faithful God who gives promises. See, this is a little bit of semantics thing. And people say this, well, I just don't believe in prayer. I believe in a God who answers prayer. And really, there's truth to that. We're not just believing in prayer as an activity. No, our faith and our trust is in God. That our confession, what we say, should not waver. Why? For he who promised is faithful. We can have faith in a faithful God. Can you think of a person that you know who's good with their word? Somebody that you can trust. Somebody who's dependable. If someone says, I'm going to meet you here, they'll be there. Someone says, I'm going to show up, they, they show up. Do you know anybody like that? you know, God is that to the nth degree. He is faithful. And so our words shouldn't waver. Our prayers shouldn't waver. We shouldn't give up. We shouldn't, get, we shouldn't quit. We shouldn't stop praying when we don't see change. After two weeks or two months or two years or two decades, we're just going to keep trusting God with a smile on our face. We'll let him work out the timing. I'll just do the faith part. Last verse, 
First John chapter 5, verse 4 says this, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Who is the one that overcomes the world except the one who believes in Jesus, that Jesus is the Son of God? Now, I like to win. Just putting it out there. If you ever are going to play a game with me, I'm not playing for second. I'm not playing for fairness. I'm playing to win. Want, if we're in a game, why else are we in the game? What are we doing here if we're not competing? If we're not keeping score, what are we doing? Sorry, a little competitive. <laughs> but we should all like victory. Not victory so that someone else loses. It is victory in life. And overcoming the world, what's the thing that overcomes the world? Our faith. Our faith is the victory. Our faith is the thing that says that we win, that when we're winning in life, it doesn't mean that everything is perfect. It doesn't mean all of the outcomes are exactly how I think that they should be. But winning in life looks like trusting God. Not just what I think should be. God, I'm putting my trust in you in your will, in your word, in your power, and how things are going to work out in our country and in North America. My trust is in you. My trust is not in the politicians. My trust is in you. That's the victory. The victory that overcomes the world is if we're going to maintain our faith, if we're going to persevere and not quit, regardless of how it looks. And I'm going to keep asking like that woman day and night day and night. Well, it hasn't changed. I'm going to keep asking. There's some craziness going on down in the States. I am going to keep praying. We're not going to give up. We're not going to quit. We're not going to be frustrated. We're not going to throw in the towel. How are we going to have victory? We're going to trust God. The outcomes are going to be this and the outcomes are going to be that and elections are going to look like this. And I don't have to be frowning about any of it. Why? Because our faith is in God. Amen. Let's just pray this morning. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.